Good things are happening. And this is a good church. Can I have an amen? Have a better amen? Thank you, Lord. We just bring you greetings from Aussie. Praise God. I'm glad we're not playing rugby at the moment. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Uh, praise the Lord. We won't go there. Thank you, Lord. Just before I start, can I mention there are some books and things. Up the back, I've got a new book just finished that's called The Anzac Spirit. And uh, just talking about what really sums up the Anzac Spirit, courage, mateship, sacrifice, endurance. That's available out, out the back. I'm going to be sharing on this the peace that surpasses all understanding. So there's some DVDs. And for those of you that are really into the word, I love this. It's called The Breath of God. There's two CDs with 1,500 scriptures. One's got 700, one's got 800. So they're available after the service. Open your Bibles with me, if you would, to the book, the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 22. And Father, we just give you praise and glory. And Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Touch our lives, touch our hearts. Lord, we're just so grateful for your grace and favour that's on our lives and our homes, our families, on this nation, Lord. It's not by might, it's not by power, it's certainly not by our brilliant intellects, but it's by your spirit, Lord, it's by your spirit. We just thank you for your grace and your favour. Luke chapter 21, they're asking Jesus what will be the sign of the end times, and not asking some end time prophet, praise God for that, but you get about 10 different ideas. But here they're asking the Lord. And he says in verse 7, So they ask him, saying, Teacher, when will these things be? What will be the sign there will be when these things are about to take place? And the first thing he says is, Take heed that no one be deceived. Not 666 and the stormtroopers are coming. So obviously then deception is going to be one of the major signs. First thing he talks about is deception. Is that right? Many will, in, will come in my name saying, I'm he. The time is drawn near. Therefore don't go after them, he says. He goes on and talks about wars and rumours of wars. But look at verse 26 with me, if you would. It says, Men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. The powers of heaven will be shaken. He talks about here, men's hearts failing them for fear. Not even for what necessary is happening, but expectation of what they think may begin to happen. That word fail there means to breathe out life. And he's talking about here, how many of you believe we live in stressful days? Can I have an amen? You know, you know, one of the predominant things in this society is, is stress. Uh, you know, a few years ago I was reading Time magazine and I was amazed that a leading psychologist was saying that our stress levels today are equal to the mental patients of the 1950s. So what's considered normal now? You're a mental patient back at the Philip Love's coming now. I, I didn't make, that's what I read. So, you know, what's accepted as normal now, we pop pills more than any other generation. You know, it's amazing we sort of think that peace, you know, we find, try to find peace in a pill or a bottle or a formula. Hello? Or a place. If I could just go to Bali. We went to Bali two years ago. Half the Balinese want to come to Australia. <laughs> Hello? Half the Aussies want to go there. Most of the Balinese want to go. It's amazing, we were with the taxi driver, and he's going, oh, I work really hard. I work uh, 60 hours a week, and I've got six kids. Can you help me get to Aussie? I said, swim out and catch a boat. Leaves every morning at 9 o'clock. I'm politically correct, as you can pick it up. I said, they'll give you a house and a car. You, No, no, I'm sorry, we won't go there. <laughs> but, you know, Jan said to me, you idiot, he doesn't even know what you're talking about. Anyway, thank you. So here, but, you know, it's, it's amazing to me. You know, the major cause today, of the, is that right, of ca cancer and heart disease, mental breakdowns is stress. 
one of the major contributing factors, mental breakdowns, domestic violence, suicide, drugs, crime, road rage. I'm sure you don't have it here in New Zealand. Dear God, I mean, all you've got to do is drive the, the speed limit and they want to stop at the, the traffic lights and kick your mudguards. Anyway, I, I'm doing it right. I'm doing on the roundabout. They're tooting their horn, giving him the number one driver award. Get off the road. I said, I'm doing it right, you more Anyway, I won't go there. You know, there's no shortage of seminars. I'm not knocking it. There's no shortage of seminars on healing the Holy Ghost and finance. But there's very little about how to really live a life of peace. You know, peace, what's it all about? Psalm 46, verse 10 says, Be still and know that I'm God. I don't even know, if we know how to be still anymore. You know, we live in a stressful society. We run on adrenaline. Adrenaline rush. What happens when the adrenaline runs out? It's called burnout. Can I have an amen? You know, it says, be still, be still. What does that word still means? It says to cease from your inner turmoil. Just stop it. You know, ADD in kids today. Is that right or not? Huge increase in ADD. Violence in the home. My son's a detective. The number one threat to young children in Australia now comes from their own families. Not from crime or outside, but from inside their own families. Domestic violence is off the Richter scale. I don't know about your country, but mine. Divorce. You know, we're trying to find peace in a bottle or a place or a formula. But peace is a person. It's not a place. It's a person. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 2. How many of you believe the Bible? And what I say, it's what the Word of God says in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2. In verse 14 it says, for he himself is our peace. Is that right? For he himself is our peace. Has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. He is a peace is not a place. It's not a formula. If I could just go there or live there. How many of you know when you get there, you know, and you look in the mirror, you realize you took your biggest problem with you? You. How do you get away from yourself? You're in Bali, Hawaii, you look in the mirror, you still, still took your biggest problem with you. Is that too deep or what? How do you get away from you? Oh, thank you. I was talking to the pastor there before. You know, just this, this current generation, you know, and praise God, lovely people and things like that. But, you know, different ideas to what we have. You know, no one plans anymore for a marriage. They plan for a wedding. What happens when the wedding's over? You'll wake up in the morning, all the makeup here, E.T., phone home, E.T., go home. Is that right or not? <laughs> Is this too deep? I mean, we just planned for a wedding. What about after the wedding? Is it, my mum and dad were married to each other for 72 years. To each other for 70. Hello, I never ever heard them use the term divorce ever in my life, but murder lots of times. <laughs> you know, so much peer pressure today. Everybody's got to have a tattoo. Now, don't get, if you've got a religious spirit, it's about to manifest. If you've got a tattoo, don't get cranky. I don't want one. Would you put a bumper sticker on a Ferrari? Anyway, we won't go there. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Boy, your enthusiasm, is that right or not? You know, I don't want to just comply to the way everybody else lives. Peace is a person. It's not a problem. Is it not a, pl is that not a place? It's not a formula. It's not a bottle. There is no peace without the Prince of Peace. We're searching, is that right? If, there are, if you don't know Jesus, you know... It, you know, there's no peace. There's no peace in your life. And, you know, I was just thinking about that myself and, you know, just how the world is searching for peace. Think about this. Even the word dis-ease, split it up, dis 
ease. Is that right or not? No, no, no ease. The word for healing, we all know. Is that right? The, the Hebrew word is rapa, Jehovah rapa, the Lord that heals. But if you do a word study, you'll find that the word for healing, rapa, if you go back to the root word, it actually means relax. So he's talking about be at peace. I, I just, the world's going nuts. Is that right or not? I mean, this is anxiety society. I don't know about here in New Zealand. I can't talk about your nation. But, you know, even in the ministry, my wife, you know, I'm concerned even with the number of ministries that are quitting because they're burnt out. Just burn out. The number, we pastor, I don't know, maybe 50 pastors. Jen's dealing with three pastors' wives now that want to leave, just want to quit. There's one out. Not just out of the ministry, out of life, out of, you know, out of the family. They just can't handle the pressure anymore. You know, and sometimes we don't even know. One couple we know real well, and he's saying, but I've taken you all over the world. And she said, no, you dragged me all over the world. And there's a big difference if you don't want to go. Thank you for your enthusiasm. But Jesus is our peace. Think about that. Is that right? He is our peace. I, I like that, that dome of peace, you know, that begins to drop over us no matter what's going on, what's happening in the world. You know, some people just have that peace. My wife is that sort of person. You know, you could blow a bomb up. You know, my wife is just that sort of person, just at peace. I'm, I'm a little different myself. Go to Matthew with me, Matthew chapter 11. How many believe Scripture? Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. That means that he read letters. That doesn't mean they run out of black ink. This is Jesus speaking. And he says here in verse 28, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Anybody identify with that? And I want, I'll give you rest. He didn't say you've got to earn it, don't got to perform for it, don't got to be a real good sort of person. He said, if you come to me, I'll give it to you. Anytime you see the word give, it's talking about grace. You don't have to earn it, don't have to perform for it. Is that right? You don't have to get up and, and pray 30 times every morning. He says, I'll actually give it to you. So our response is if we come to him, his response, he'll give us. Can I have an amen? He'll what? Give you rest. I love that. Just give you rest. Not earn, not pray, not fast. That word rest is anaposis in Greek, which actually means to refresh and relax. I'll give it to you. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I'm gentle, lowly in heart, and you'll find what? Rest for your soul. Is that awesome or what? Just rest for your soul. No longer that striving and stressing. Amplify says, I'll cause you to rest. I love that. You know, when I, I first got baptized in the Holy Ghost and I started praying in tongues, I used to get up every morning and I'd pray in tongues and I'd find I'd fall asleep. I'm on the floor snoring. Hello. You know, and I feel guilty. I really felt guilty about it. <laughs> You're not supposed to be praying. You know, and finally the Spirit of God says, wake up, snap out of it. I may not be the sharpest knife in the drawer like hello, but he says to me, that's the rest I'm talking about. Don't fight it. Go with it. I can lay on the floor, pray in tongues, and I'm all gone. Hello? I love it. Wake up after 10 minutes, you feel refreshed. Don't feel guilty about it. It's a rest. Is that right? That's what we're looking for. Is it? You know, and you feel, oh, is that right? Just that little, maybe 10 minutes in the middle of the day, 15 minutes, and you wake up, that, that rest, that, that absolute peace of God. You live a lot longer. My mum and dad, like I say, were well into their 90s. You know, certainly wasn't diet. They still ate the crackling off the pork. But to this stick, I say, Dad, you can't eat like that. He says, oh, shut up. I'm not eating tree bark and lawn clippings. They're all dead at 40. I feel the love's coming now. I didn't say don't. 
I didn't say don't change. I'm telling you my parents. Anybody, hello? I'm saying you can't live like that. I went to visit my dad in his 80s. Went through a bit of a crisis and I got a phone call. He was in hospital and not expected to come out. So I flew down to Adelaide and I asked the doctor, what's wrong with my dad? And the doctor said, there's nothing physically wrong with your father at all. He's just lost the will to live. I wonder how many people just die because they've lost the will to live. You need to live life like somebody left the gates open. I love that song, who let the dogs out? Forget it. Who let the Christians out? <laughs> Hello? And I'm visiting my dad and the doc says, he's just lost the will to live. I sat there with my dad. I sat there for six or seven hours and I just schmoozed him. Not schmoozed him, schmoozed him. And I built him up and I said, come on. I got him laughing again. I got him in a wheelchair and we whipped up and down the alleyways. You know, and I said, let's get out of this. Oh, he said, let's get out of this place. So we go out to the tuck shop. He's on this special diet. We front up and I said, I want a few pies. And they said, it's full of fat, full of cholesterol. We said, I would have six of them, thanks. <laughs> Scoffed them down. I can't believe I did that. You know, we're up and down. The, the doctor would have had a fit. Next day, my dad checked himself out, went home, lived another 10 years. With all of your wonderful formulas, I feel enough got to come out. With all of our wonderful formulas and our vitamins, and half the people still die from stress. Do I lie? You know, God is smarter than you and I am. Is that there is no peace without the Prince of Peace? Peace is a person. You know, if we could just introduce him to the world, is that right? That they're searching everywhere for an answer to stress in a pill and a bottle or something else. He says, if you come to me, if you come to me, I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll give you rest. I love that. You know, you know, Luke, go back to me with Luke. How many of you do believe the Bible? In Luke chapter 6, if, here in verse 46, he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? Look at me, everybody, just for a moment. I'm not trying to be smart. I don't even know you. But you may call Jesus your Savior, but is he really your Lord? There's a big difference between Saviour and Lord. If he really is your Lord, then you'll do what he tells you to do. He says, why do you even bother to call me Lord? And you just go off and do your own things anyway. Can I have an amen or what? You know, there's a big difference between being led and being driven. I'm saying it, I'm not trying to be controversial, but I really believe a large percentage of churches and ministries are not led, they're just driven. It's just driven by their flesh. I see it all the time. You know, we've got a friend in ministry. He's driven. He's not led. He's driven. You know, there's something inside him. There's no inner peace. It just it, it pushes him on. You know, the Bible talks about never violating your peace. If you don't have a peace about something, you shouldn't really even be doing it. Never violate your peace. Is that right? He is our peace. Can I have an amen or what? And, you know, he's asking us to do certain things, you know. Anyway, why do you call me Lord? He says, why do you even bother to call me Lord? And you don't do the things which I ask you to do. You know, I'm just thinking about it. He is he's not only Lord, but he's not only Saviour. He's our Lord, led or driven. You know, I, I really believe, what, you know, what I love anyway is just bringing, you know, the gospel of grace, bringing the Jesus back as the focal point of the church. Just bringing Jesus back. Do you remember Jesus? Hello? You know, you go to some, you know, pastor's conferences and they say, what program are you using? And I said, I'm using a program called Jesus. Remember him? What's your formula? No, 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 just Jesus. I may not, hello, any, I'm just telling you what the Word of God says. I love Paul at the end of his life. In fact, if you go Acts chapter 20 for a verse, for a moment, Acts chapter 20. Here's, here's Paul, I mean a little what, what 
five foot two hook nosed Jew. He's been through hell. I mean, is that right? He's been stoned, and that's not marijuana, left for dead, beaten up. In verse 24, he says, But none of these things move me, nor do I count my, my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my course with joy. He could have said love, he could have said power. He could have said with great miracles, he said, but actually that I'd like to finish my course with joy, and joy is not the name of his wife. And the ministry, he says, the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. That's all I want to do for the rest of my life. Just share the gospel of the grace of God, the goodness of God, the awesome goodness of God, the grace. Can I have an amen? Just no longer being driven, just being led by the Holy Ghost. Now, this is me. I'm not being smart. But if it's not God, I don't want to be doing it anymore. I've been there, done that, got the T-shirt. See, the end of self is really where life begins. Where Christ begins, I really believe. Anybody ever heard of A.W. Tozer? A.W. Tozer, one of the you know, great Christian giants, he writes this. He says, I accomplish more when I rest wholly in the labor of Jesus than I do when I frankly try to work it out for myself. Just think about it. Just relaxing in God. Just trusting the Lord. You know, can I have an amen? Have a better amen? In 1 John, quickly, 1 John in chapter 4. You know, I'm not just preaching your message. This is some of the things that have changed our life over the last few years. You know, how many of you believe it's going gonna, it's gonna to take really God in your marriage to stay married for 50, 60, 70 years? My wife and I have ever, only ever had one fight. It's not over yet. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> but my wife deserves a medal. It's going to take some effort to stay married. I was sharing with the men yesterday. It's going to take some guts, some courage to stay married in these last days. It's going to take courage, is that right or not, to be a Christian in these last days. You know, sadly, in this generation, you know, we're really pretty gutless. It's got to be a mob before we'll do anything. A gang or a mob, is that right or not? But when God speaks to people, it's usually one man or one lady, is that right? And God speaks to them and they respond. Can I have an amen or what? The people that change society, usually just one or two, really going against society. My, my nation, I don't know about yours, but my nation right now is at the crossroads. We could go one way or the other. We almost lost our Christian heritage in this last elections. A supposed Christian prime minister gets up and he says, if I get in, it'll introduce same-sex marriage. In the first hundred days he got voted out, he's gone, not even in politics anymore. Hello? You know, you know, it's one thing to be led, it's another thing just to be driven. And, and, and it's a very fine line between being led and driven. And, and this is just me. I, I really believe that a lot, I shouldn't say a lot, some ministry, some churches are not led, they're just driven. They're just driven. Think about it. I feel the love's going to come down. Books like The, the Purpose Driven Life, I don't want to be driven. I'm sure it's a great book. I just don't want to be driven. The Holy Ghost doesn't drive, He leads. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God. Hello? These are the sons. The, is that right? The purpose-driven church? I don't want to be driven. Hello? Is that the, the shepherd leads. It's the sheepdog that drives. Well, thank you for your enthusiasm on the point as well. I'm leaving later anyway. But I'm just thinking about some of these things here. You know, and in John, 1 John chapter 4, 
It says in verse 17, Love has been perfected among us in this that we have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in the world. Not, not when we get there, but as he is, so are we in the world right now. Is that right or not? There is no love, fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment, but he, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. I hear people say, I found the Lord. Well, actually, he found you. And you responded. Is that right or not? You know, I hear people say, you know, you've got to love God. And, and you do got to love God more. I remember with my own church, you're driving people, you've got to love God more. Come on. And then, you know, perfect love casts out all fear. Then I get a revelation. It's impossible for me to have perfect love. So I'm driving my people to try to attain something that's unattainable. And then I get a revelation. He's not talking about my love for him. He's talking about his love for me. Perfect love. You get a revelation of God's perfect love for you. Can I have an amen? Just as you are. Warts and all. Hello? Sometimes I hear the voice of God. I remember him saying, I love you. I even like you. Anybody know another? And I know all about you. Is that right? When you, how many of you know here's a revelation? When you confessed your sin is not when God found out about it. Not real deep. Is this too deep? I just love sharing the gospel of grace. I may have shared once before when I was over here, when it's your turn to minister, you can do it your way. But you know, I go to a barber, on, well, I used to go to a barber on the Gold Coast, and the guy's rough as bags. Every second word's a swear word. He breaks up words. Kangaroo expletive ruin drops it in the middle. If you took the swear words out of his vocabulary, it would be struck dumb. Hello. Rough as guts, hello, and I'm there, and I don't even want to be there. But this day I'm there, and he's away, and there's a lady barber. She's rougher than he is. I mean, like, hello? And I'm, I'm just sitting there listening to all this, you know, and she looks at me and says, what do you do? I said, I'm a minister of the gospel. So the language changes immediately. It's amazing how the language... That's not the first time I've had bad language. I doubt it'll be the last time, but the language changes. Now she picks on God. God did this and God did that, and away we go. And finally, I can't take it anymore. I said, lady, just, just give it a miss. I said, look at me, look at me. I said, look at me, look at me. <laughs> Because they won't look at you. Look at me. I said, look at me, lady. I said, God loves you just like you are. Warts, tattoos, everything. I said, just, and she looks at me and she says, well, you don't even know what I've done. I said, lady, if it's based on what you and I have done, I don't qualify. It's not got nothing to do with what I've done. Or you. It's accepting what he has done for us. Every religion on the face of the planet is based on what you do. If you're a Muslim, you've got to pray five times a day facing Mecca. That's bondage to me. If you're a Buddhist, we studied Buddhism before we were saved. You've got to keep attaining to a higher level. All based on your performance. Seven-day Adventists go to church on a certain day. Old Testament Christianity is based on do good, get good, do bad, get bad. But only New Testament Christianity, the gospel of grace, is not based on anything that you have done or can possibly do. It's based on accepting what Jesus Christ has done for us. Can I have an Amen. You wouldn't have to be a rocket scientist. You wouldn't have to be just to look at the difference. It's got nothing to do with It's accepting what he has paid the price once and for all. Can I have an amen? Once and for all. I love that. You know, I grew up in a real small country. I've told you, right, real, my dad was a professional kangaroo shooter. We blew Skippy away. Hello. I mean, I grew up in a real small country town, real small. Our heavy industry was a 300-pound Avon lady. But anyway, they'll, they'll come to you in a minute. Hello. I'm talking real small country town. I, I, but I, I never heard the gospel. Before God, I never heard the gospel. I just heard religion. You know, churches, tall steeple, few people, but not, not, not the gospel, just religion. 
Well, you could have been a Buddhist and do that. Do good, get good, do bad, get bad. Hello? A friend out of the Navy, he gets, you know, gets out of the Navy, joins a certain church, he's the minister, you know, turned back collar, comes around to visit me, cross hanging around his neck, you could have anchored the Titanic to. But never once mentioned the gospel. When I heard religion, it just turned Jan and I off. We just went right off. We got off into, you know, she was weird. I wasn't, but she was weird. <laughs> Astral traveling with you. But the day, before God, the day Jen and I heard the gospel, we both got saved. The day I heard the gospel, the goodness, the grace of God, we both got saved. That's over 40 years ago, never ever turned back. What's it to go back to? Can I have an amen? We love him because he first loved us. Perfect love, the love of God for you, just like you are. I'm saying, lady, I said, God loves you just like you are. She starts to cry in the barbershop. They're all looking at me. I never touched her. Hello, I never touched the lady. Never touched her. She's crying in the barbershop. You know, I leave two weeks later. She comes to church, just turns up to church. Not ramming a, a track down the, ne the neck. Hello, you mongrel, you're going to hell. Is that right or not? She just turns up to church. As far as I know, she's still going to church. And so a month later, I go back to the same barbershop. She's away and the bloke's back. And he sees me and he just rushes through the people. Come back. He says, I don't know what you did to Helen, but that must be one hell of a church. That's exactly what he said. I said, well, maybe you need to come too. He said, it's not that bad yet. <laughs> you know, just the, the grace of God, the goodness of God. I, I know some people got a problem with grace and they... Sloppy grace, don't say that. It cost God his son. Every, is this correct or not? Every epistle that the great apostle Paul writes starts or ends with the grace of God. Are you smarter than the man that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament? He said, I might spend the rest of my life preaching the gospel of grace with joy. Is that what he says? Or am I making it up? You know, I love that. I'm just thinking about that. You know, the, different, the ones that we've seen just impacted I was preaching in, I've been not mentioned cities, a little while ago, and the pastor there, his wife doesn't even come to church anymore. She had a nervous breakdown. And he's, the pastor's crying to me. He says, you know, my wife used to prophesy in church, lead meetings. She doesn't even come to church. She had a nervous breakdown. Can't even handle people anymore. And so, you know, I met her and I invited just come along to Sunday night. I just preached on the goodness of God, the grace of God. You know, she comes out, she gets crying. You know what? Within a week, I get a phone call from him. He says, my wife's back in church. We didn't lay hands on her till she had friction burns on her head. Hello? Just the grace of God right where she's sitting, the goodness of God. And so just, I got a letter from him the other day. He says, I got my wife back again. She's prophesying in church. Sharing. You know that first love. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That first love. You know, the Bible talks about restore to me the joy of my salvation. A lot of us have lost it. We've lost the joy for our marriage, the joy for our and ministry, the joy. We're going through the motions. Is that right or no? Because we know how to do it. But we've lost that yet. Should we have an altar call for liars? Some of you know what I'm talking I don't even know what's going on in your life. But I know what's going on back in my own nation. And people, you know, that just can't handle the pressures of life. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Suicide is off the risk. Rick discount in my country anyway. My son's a detective. The suicide among... The number one death cause in, among teenagers in my country is suicide. That, that's horrific. In, in a nation that's affluent, is that right? At peace virtually. <coughs> Nobody's starving to death, is that right? But the number one cause of death is suicide. What stress. 
something inside of them, driving. Is that right? Sometimes even in the church. There is no peace without the Prince of Peace. He says, is that right? Ephesians tells us that He is our peace. Peace is a person. Is that right? I, I, I love that. You know, and He says here, is that right? Perfect love casts out fear. Get a revelation of how much God loves you. Just exactly like you are. I, I love that. You know, I lost my house, or Jan and I lost the house in Cyclone Tracy, 1974. <clears throat> and uh, sometime later, you know, you're going through some stressful times and things. And we're, where we're living afterwards, we're looking out over Darwin Harbour, out over the water. And I'm sitting there one day and I'm, you know, I'm going through a tough time. And here's a storm. And if you've lived in the tropics, you know what storms will have a look at the Philippines, you know. And across the, the harbour comes this, this huge storm squall. It's so black you can reach out and touch it. The lightning's hitting the ground. It's shaking the whole house. We live elevated home, you know. And, and, and here comes this storm and all the birds are scattering. The, you know, the, the seagulls and the, the egrets and all those birds are scattering as fast as they can go to get away. And they're flying low to the water to get away from the storm. I'm just looking at this. And I just happened to look up and here's this magnificent eagle. And he's going in the opposite direction. He's locked his wings and he's going straight into the front of the storm and he hits the storm front and it just catapults him up. He's using the power of the storm and it just lifts him up and he's having the time of his life. All the other birds are bolting for cover, screaming. He's having, oh, I'm loving it. You know, like a roller coaster. He's shooting up. He's having the time of his life. And I'm looking at these things and the Spirit of God just says, that's how you need to live your life. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, he's not fighting the storm. He's allowing the force of the storm just to lift him. Is that right? That lift just to get under his wings and just take him up over. I, I, you know, you, man, I, 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 I remember that all probably all my life. You know, you can fight. You can, you know, one, one of the greatest revelations I've learned after, what, 38 years in ministry, that faith is a rest. Faith, hello, I know we're talking, got to fight. listen to me. The Bible does say faith is a rest. There is a rest for the people of God. How do you, it talks about laboring to enter that rest. What is that? That's an oxymoron. How do you labor to enter a rest? It's just talking about what you're concentrating your mind on, focusing your mind. Is that right? You know, holding on to that joy when you go into the stressful times. Can I have an amen or what? Just the joy. How many of you know joy makes so much difference to you whether you come out of a storm or not? Can I have an amen or what? Man, I, you know, my wife's got a warped sense of humor, but I love it. I just love people. I love people. With, some people, you go to churches like sucking on a lemon. Is that right? I cruise directors for the Titanic. I mean, you look at some church like looking in the window of a fish shop. Uh, not this church, another church somewhere else. Is that right? Somewhere else. Today. But you know, I'm going through a bit of a tough time. Lost a couple of friends in ministry and a few things like that. And so I arrived back at the airport, you know, and I'm a bit stressed out. So Jen's going to snap me out of it. So she gets a blonde wig. Well, she's not blonde, but she gets this long blonde wig. You know, gets a pair of sunglasses, gets a different dress. Well, it changes your whole appearance. She stood in front of my daughters. My daughters didn't even recognize her. And so she comes up and I'm standing at the airport waiting at vacation. She stands alongside of me. Well, you don't look at people. This blonde standing like she goes, boof like that. You're rude. So I've moved over here and I'm waiting for my bag. She walks up and grabs me and about to plant a kiss on me. I go, well, get away from me. What's the matter with you, woman? You're stupid or something. She pulls the wig off and says, just as well, you didn't enjoy that. You had a bunch of fives up to hooter. And I started laughing. I couldn't help it. And all the people around, well, they're laughing. We have... It just lifts the stress. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It just does something for you. Doesn't it make you feel good just to laugh sometimes? Hello? 
Is that right? A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a dried spirit, uh, but a broken spirit dries the bone. You know, just that ability to laugh sometimes. Is that right? The joy of the Lord is your strength. Is that right? Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10 says, The joy of the Lord. If you lose your joy, you lose your strength. The first thing that goes in a crisis is your joy. You get a flat tire, walk out. You, is that right? It's not your love you lose, it's your joy. Can I have an amen or what? <coughs> we lost our house in Cyclone Tracy. As I say, Christmas Eve, 1974, never forget it. At the height of the storm, you know, the storm, it's wrecked our house. Our house is gone. We've run across to the neighbor's house, brick house, throw my kids under a table like that. Jan gets in the broom closet. She's in the broom closet like this for six hours. Hello? We're under the table. People from all over the neighborhood, you know, they've lost their homes are under the table with us. You know, you're like this. Hello? And legs and arms after five, six hours, I lose the feeling is in my legs. You know, I mean, pins and needles, I'm going... I'm pinching the leg. I'm going, I can't feel my legs. My legs. And this lady said, if you don't stop playing with my legs, I'll slap your face. It's not even my leg. It's somebody else's leg. I'm pinching his leg. Ten years later, she said, do you remember me? We were under the table. You're playing with my legs. I mean, this is life and death, you know, but you're laughing. You know, Christmas Day, 1970. Praise God for your kids. Your kids will keep you saying, I've lost my house. The kids said, forget the house. What do we get for Christmas? Where's our Christmas? I've got to go back and dig through the wreckage for their Christmas present. They're playing with flutes, hello? So I go back, I've lost my house. We've just got a, an elevated dance floor with a couple of walls. I've still got a fish tank. Hello? Just got a fish tank. Anybody been through a, like a major crisis, like, you know, a death or maybe a car smash? Your brain doesn't function. I'm just sitting there, I'm staring in their space. I mean, I'm, I'm in shock. It's called shock. And down the road comes a 16-year-old kid. He's stepping over the wreckage. In the road. He's whistling. He looks up and says, Morning, Cole, having breakfast on the patio today? <laughs> I said, You idiot, all I've got is a patio. There's nothing else. I said, Give us a brick, I'll kill him. I said, Happy Acres Mental Home must have blown down. What sort of idiot would I? And I, I couldn't help it. I started laughing. I'm so stupid. I'm laughing. And he's laughing. We started <laughs> laughing. And the more I laugh, something, the, the stress lifts off you. Is that right or not? Hello, it's hard to laugh in a crisis. And I'm laughing, he's laughing. The Spirit of God spoke to me. I mean, the Bible says God meets them that rejoice. Even God doesn't want to hang around with sourpuss Christians. And he speaks to me, he says, what are you doing here? I said, well, have a look around. I'm not sunbaking. Hello, there's nothing left. This is all right if you can't be honest with God. He said, you're alive, your wife's alive, your, kids are, your dog doesn't have a scratch. Get up and get on with your life. That's the best year I've ever had in business. I made more money. That You know why? Because so many of the people were so petrified and scared, they just left hand. Fear. The Bible says fear. Fear. Is that right? You know, I'm, I'm a rookie. I don't even know what I'm doing. The pastor's left. His, his wife got injured. They've all gone. I'm in, left in charge of the church. Hello, you got the ignoramus in the pulpit. Guess what? you got in the pews. I don't know nothing. And this prophet, he reckons he's a prophet. I think he's more of a loss myself jumps up and prophesies God's going to send another cyclone to finish us off. I saw the blood, true story, I saw the blood drain out of people's face. People just left, sold their houses and bolted. If that's happening today, I'm coming over this, the chairs with some laying on of hands. Listen to me, God doesn't use fear. When does God got to use the devil's tools to motivate the people? It saddens me that we react so often to fear. He says, if you come to me, I'll give you peace. If I, if, is it right? If you're heavy laden, 
come. Is that right? That's it. Read what he says, if you come to me. The response is, if we just come to him. Can I have an amen? I'll give you rest. I'll give you peace. My peace I leave with you. I love that. You know, all of a sudden, I'm starting to realize some things. You know, praise God. You know, God, anyway. I just love the peace of God in, a, in an era that the world is going nuts. You know, I've got to be a rocket scientist to see what's going on. The world is going nuts real fast. You know, we were in Singapore in, uh, in 2008 when global financial uh, disaster hit. People, uh, we watched people at the motel, blood drain out of people's faces. Is that right? I mean, they were going into shock. The peace of God. Thank you, Jesus. Look at me in John chapter 20. Just got to kick over a couple of sacred cows before we, we go home. You know, I hear people say, you know, well, you know, when the day of Pentecost, you know, when the, when the, when the Holy Spirit come, they're all in the upper room. Yeah, they were all in the upper room, all right, but they were dead scared. That's why they were there. <laughs> Some people are looking at me, you don't believe me, do you? The reason they were in the upper room was because of fear. Look at me in John chapter 20. Let's read in verse 18. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she'd seen the Lord and he'd spoken these things to her. Then the same evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. Excuse me, don't let facts get in the way of a good story. But for fear of the Jews, and Jesus appears, and the first thing he says to them is, peace be with you. The first thing, is that right or not? That he says is, peace be with you. When he said that, he showed his hands and his side, and the disciples were glad when they saw So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I send you also. When he said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. I like that. Here they are, petrified, they're dead scared. He comes and he says, Peace. Peace of God. If you come to me, I'll give you rest. Some of you came here with symptoms on your body. You know, all of a sudden, just receive that peace. That peace, peace is a person. Let that anointing of peace begin to drop down on you now. Just receive that. Quickly, go to Luke with me. Luke chapter 10, we'll have one more scripture before we close. I love this passage in Luke, and here it's talking about Mary and Martha. I'm sure that you've studied it before. And it says in verse 38, It happened as they went, he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into a house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister's left me to serve alone? And therefore tell her to come and help me. Now, you know, in the natural, that's the right thing to do. You imagine we read this and we think that, that, that Martha's doing the right thing. She's serving Jesus. Is that right or not? Hello. But Jesus obviously doesn't agree. Because he says in verse 41, Jesus answered, Martha, Martha, you're worried, you're troubled about many things. You're stressed out. Is that right or not? But one thing is needed. Not 14 formulas and 25 steps. One thing. Only one, I, I didn't, that's what he said. One thing is needed, Mary, and, and Mary has chosen the good part. And what she's chosen won't be taken away from her. Now, let me spell it out to you real quick in the Aussie vernacular, the Kiwi vernacular. I mean, here, is that right? I, I mean, Martha's out there doing the, the barbecue thing. Is that right or not? And she's sweating her guts out. She comes and says, I'm sweating my guts out out there of that barbecue. And this lazy slob sitting here doing nothing. Tell her to come and give me a hand. Hello? Is this right or not? And you think that's the right thing to do. Hello? But one is led and one is driven. And Martha is driven. Now, it may look good. It may even look the religious thing. But she's driven. She's, 
And Jesus virtually says, you're more interested in what people are going to think about you. Is that right? What people are going to say about you. But Mary has chosen the most important thing. She's going to get one shot to receive. Is that right? The Word of God, the living Word of God, the peace of God is here right now. Mary says, you think I'm leaving this spot? Jesus, if you want to get fed, you better do another loaves and fishes trick because I ain't leaving this spot. One's led, one's driven. Before I close, let me ask you, are you a Martha or are you a Mary? It looks good. It looks a religious thing to do. But Jesus said, no. Mary's chosen the most important thing. And what she's chosen won't be taken away. You're a Martha or you're a Mary. See, for a long time, I thought, you know, it's just all about, you know, you know and all of a sudden you get to realize, listen to me, it's really just doing what Jesus has asked us to do. Can I have an amen or what? Just simply doing what Jesus has asked you to do. You know, one's led, one's driven. I'm just thinking about that. And Jesus commends Mary, not Martha. Hello, my wife had a major problem with it for a long time. She comes from a German family, wonderful people. But, you know, the salt of the earth, but everything's got to be neat and everything's got to be tidy. You know, if you go to the motel, you know, she cleans up before the woman comes in to clean the room. I'm going, that's what you pay them to do? Is this too deep? She said, oh, I can't, I can't think that the room's, you know, all messed up. I said, I can watch this, kicking my pants off and boots off. I, I'm creating employment here. <laughs> We're just different people. But she was a Martha. I'm a Mary. <laughs> I'm just going to sit there. I'm just going to receive. No, she, she, she's great. I'm just messing up. But years ago, we moved from Darwin. And I thought, this television thing looks pretty good. So I go along. I don't have a church now. We've handed our church over. So I go to Brisbane. I sign a contract with a television company. It costs more to produce the program than it does to even put it on air. Hello. And so after a couple of months, there's no money coming in. I go, hello, God, do you remember me? I said, you're doing this for Kenneth Copeland and, and Jesse DePlantis and Jerry Zavell and some Sheila called Joyce Myers. Hello. I said, how about me? You're no respect to person. This is what I heard him say. I never told you to do it. You did what you want to do. Pay your own bills. Dear God, that'll snap you out of it real quick. If you want to go broke, go on television. It's a bottomless pit. I said, well, what do you mean? He said, never once did I tell you to do that. That's what you wanted to do, Martha. It looks good, sounds good. Everybody else is doing it. Hello? He said, I never once told you to do it. I was going, is that right? Thank you, Jesus. Watch out your halos don't slip down and strangle you to death. Looking at me like, you know what I'm talking about. Why do you call me Lord? You don't even do the things that I ask you to do. He may be your saviour. But if he's your Lord, you do what he asks you to do. I said, all right, what am I supposed to do? And he told me what I need to do. And I made some quick adjustments to what I needed to do. And it started to work. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're Martha, you're Mary. you led, you're driven. See, if you're led, there's a peace about it. Can I have an amen? There's an absolute peace. Is that right? You pray about something. God speaks to you. There's a peace here. But other people, if you want to do it yourself, is that right? Something is pushing, driving. Is that right or not? Hello, there's not that inner peace. He says, but if you come to me, I'll give you rest. Rest for your soul in a world that's going nuts. In the anxiety society, he said, I'll actually give it to you. You don't have to earn it. 
You don't even have to pray for it. You don't have to fast for it. He said, if you come to me, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Father, I just thank you for my brothers and my sisters. Lord, I just thank you for the church. Father, we just give you the praise and the glory. Lord, I just thank you that you are our peace, that we don't have to strive for it, we don't have to push for it. Lord, you are our peace. And I just give you the praise and the glory. I thank you for it. I just give you the praise. You know, I meant to say before we close off, because some people, I just got, I just came to quickly go to Romans chapter 5, and we'll close here, because some people, I, I, I realise, because maybe for a time I did this myself, you know, they have the peace of God, but they don't have peace with God. And there's a big difference between having the peace of God and peace with God. In Romans chapter 5, verse 1, and it's for somebody specifically here, it says in verse 1, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Not just the peace of God, but peace with God. Many people don't have peace with God. They think that God's going to get them. And somewhere down the road, they've done something. Is that right? The unpardonable sin, whatever else it is, and there's always this fear that God's going to get them. But they may have the peace of God, but they don't have peace with God. It says here, because of what Jesus did for us, is that right? Having justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace with God. You know, if it's time to go, there's a grace to live, there's a grace to die. I, 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 different people we've watched die, and people that, that don't have the peace of God, they claw the paintwork off the back of the bed before they go. But you watch a, a person that has peace with God, and there's a smile on their face, there's absolute peace as they go to be with the Lord. I've seen it. There's an angel coming right now. My own dad, Jen's own dad. You know, laying there ready to go. They, they know the Lord, they're going to go. Whole family's there and Jen's saying, why don't you just close your eyes and take off? And he says, I'm trying, but it's hard to die. That's what he said, it's hard to die. But absolute peace with God. When that day comes, you need to have peace with God. That you're not fighting and striving, oh, what's going to happen to me? No, peace with God. Absolute peace with God. Heaven's going to be a peaceful place. It's going to be a happy place. Because I'm going to be there. Anybody else? Is that right or not? Thank you, Jesus. It's going to be a joyful place. And I, you know, I'm not saying cash your chips in now. I'm not saying that. But when the time comes, you can have absolute assurance, absolute peace with God. Not just the peace of God, but peace with God. And Father, I just lose that anointing of peace on these people right now. There's an anointing of peace here. Listen to me, people. If you just receive it. Romans 5.17 says, For those that receive the abundance of peace and the gift of righteousness. You don't got to earn it. You don't got to work for it. Just receive it. Just reach out and take it. If you come to him, he said, I'll give you. I'll give you rest. I'll give you peace. For so many of you that are striving, some of you on, maybe you're on tranquilizers or whatever, just reach out and receive that peace. Some of you will live longer. Some of you that... You know, the, the symptoms in your body will leave right now. I just loose that anointing of peace on these people. The peace of God that passes all understanding. Thank you, Jesus. Right now, no matter what you're going through, that you can just receive that peace. Absolute peace. No matter what you're going through, he says, if you come to me, I'll give you peace. I'll give you peace. You don't even understand sometimes how. That, how can I have peace with what's going on all around me? It's the peace of God. Absolute peace. Now the garrison of peace around you, uh, uh, over your mind. 
rest for your soul. Absolute rest for your soul. Be still and know that I'm God. Trust and obey and get out of the way. Lord, I just lose that in you. That peace. Just receive it. Absolute peace. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. While your heads are bowed and nobody's looking around just for a moment, is there anybody here this morning that you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord? I'm not asking you to join the church. I'm asking you to pass from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Until you know Jesus, you won't never have peace in your life. You'll be looking in a bottle, in a pill, or a place somewhere. But you can receive the Prince of Peace into your life. Nobody's looking around. Is there anyone here this morning? Just pop your hand up and say, Please, Pastor, would you pray for me? I need that. I won't drag you down the front. I won't embarrass you. I'll pray for you right where you're sitting. Just pop your hand up. Just signify, please. Anyone at all, just pop your hand up. Thank you, Jesus. We come to him, he'll give us that give us that rest, absolute rest. You know, there's an anointing of peace here right now. If you're sensitive to it, you can pick it up. No matter what's going on around you, you can pray yourself back into that dome of peace, into that bell of peace. All hell can be breaking loose. But you just slip into that peace. Thank you, Jesus. Can I get you to stand up with me before we close? Thank you, Jesus. Just raise your hands up with me, would you? And say, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died and rose again. And he's seated at the right hand of the Father. I thank you, Jesus, that you're not only my Savior, but you're my Lord. I hear your voice, the voice of the Good Shepherd. No other voice but the voice of the Good Shepherd. My sheep hear my voice. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And Lord, I just thank you for that peace, absolute peace, which I receive into my life now. As I come to you now as my Lord and my Savior, and I receive your peace. Thank you, Jesus. I'm no longer a Mary, a Martha. I'm a Mary. I'm just going to sit at your feet. I don't care what's going on around me. I'm just going to sit at your feet and receive your peace. In a world that's going nuts, I receive your peace. Thank you, Jesus. You are my peace. And say this with me, Sam. I'm highly favored. I'm greatly loved. Deeply, deeply loved. Greatly favored. Father, just say this. I receive your peace.